0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom purdue global purdue's online university for working adults start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu <clears throat> at&t connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower
0: Rebecca Carroll, welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Thank you so much for having me, Trevor. Uh, it's truly a pleasure to have you here because you are, for so many people, a cultural icon. You know, you, you're a critic at large. You, you, you've you interviewed some of the most notable voices and faces in, 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 in the world today. You've had some of the most interesting conversations, not just about life, but about race and how it affects everybody's lives. But today we, we're having you on the show for a really... Um, similar and yet different reason, and that is because you've turned that lens on yourself with one of my favorite memoirs that I've ever read. As somebody who is so used to asking people about their lives, was it easier or harder to ask yourself questions about where you had come from and how you had come to be?
1: Thank you, Trevor, for such a delightful and kind and generous introduction. I am really, really thrilled to be here uh, and appreciate you so much. So I thought it would be, given the fact that I had interviewed so many people, like I thought, oh yeah, I'll just turn it, as you said, on me and ask myself some questions. Turns out that's not how memoir writing works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neither is it about, you know, sort of stringing um, memories together. It's really a craft. And so that was the thing that that I was most concerned with and also the most sort of um, focused on. And I know that the story is interesting because I lived it. Right. But But the most important thing for me was to figure out the arc and the craft of of writing this memoir. And I think a lot of things had to happen. I had to get grown, Uh, I had to own the experiences, and I also had to make sure that the the narrative arc only answered the question of whether what what was mentioned or included, survived the white gaze right. Right? So, right so there were a lot of experiences obviously that I could have included but that was the process for me of really like okay but does that speak to surviving the white gaze surviving
0: the white gaze is is, is such an apt description for what it feels like you went through because for those who don't know a piece of your story you 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 were ra- you were adopted by a white family raised by this family in an all-white neighborhood. I mean, you didn't see another black person until I think it was, what, the age of, was it six? Yeah, six years old. And yeah. you you tell these stories. And what's really interesting in the book is how you have your story as a child who's adopted by a white family, and then we, we learn more of your story, you know, reconnecting with your birth mother, reconnecting with your birth father. And and so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that, but let's start with the with the with the adoption family one of the most controversial conversations that people have especially in america today is should white people be adopting black children some people say no never and then others will say how can you would you rather have a child not have parents or, you know, than, than to have white parents who maybe aren't, uh, you know, well-versed in their cultural existence or, or how to raise a black child. And you have an interestingly nuanced point of view on this because you lived it. How, how would you respond to people who say, should white people adopt black children?
1: So let me preface my answer by saying I was very loved. Um, and I believe uh, that transracial adoption can work. What I also think is that it presents a dynamic that mirrors the kind of foundational relationship between black folks and white folks. I am not likening uh, transracial adoption to slavery. I'm saying that the foundational dynamic between black folks and white folks Uh in this country and other countries, but in this country, is white people setting the tone, setting the structure, setting the standards, deciding what is valuable making choices for those who don't have any rights really like and so that's what black kids are in these families and so if white parents adopt black children and they don't make very conscious decisions about incorporating including immersing valuing just valuing blackness right then it's right. deeply problematic right it's not just one doll it's not just one poster it's not just one um, you know, uh, mentor. It's really an immersion process that has to happen, um, and that doesn't happen. Um, and so, should white parents adopt black children if they are prepared to raise black children into black adults? Then yes.
0: That's, that's, it seems simple, and yet it's one of the most complicated things to do, especially in a country where race is as fraught as it is in America. Because you talk about in the book about how your parents didn't even know how to do your hair, something that seems innocuous. You never think of having to know how to do your child's hair because it's just hair, and yet it is so much more than just being hair. There are parents out there who may say, Look, I I don't want my child to be brought up black. Why can't they be just raised as a Johnson? It doesn't have to be about black or white, Rebecca. Why can't they just be raised as as a family member? Why do I have to remind them of their blackness? Why do I have to exclude them from the family? What do you think they're missing when when they say these things?
1: The idea of just being a Johnson, (laughs) as you said, is in keeping with this notion of of racelessness or colorblind or uh, post-racial which is basically the message is I will value you only if I strip you of something that is so critically important to you. Right. Like I want you to see that I am black. That's important to me. I I don't need you you to bring it up in every conversation, you know, (laughs) that's, but but that's the thing, right. Is that so many white people think, well, if I'm recognizing your blackness, it's uh, that I'm othering you. No, if you're recognizing my blackness, you're recognizing what a, phenomenal legacy and culture and people that I come from.
0: You kept your journals, you know, you kept your letters, you kept your memories as they were at the time. It, it it really makes the stories come alive and it makes some of them even more painful, you know? I would love to know how you deal with the paradox at times of talking about racism or talking about the ignorance that some white people will have in with regards to dealing with race but then still explain to people that you have white family, who you love and who loved you and who you work with and et cetera. Like, how do you deal with explaining that paradox to other people?
1: That's a really good question in that, especially with the book coming out and managing sort of the fallout, for lack of a better term, um, of how my white family has received the book. Um, And, you know, sort of foolishly maybe I thought writing this book would be in some ways a kind of offering, a kind of gift for them to kind of understand um, what my experience was like. Uh, But I think that they have felt kind of betrayed almost that um, or or defensive or all of the Uh things uh that, that white people feel when they're sort of like, whoa, I don't I didn't realize that I was right in the room when this black person right. was feeling this, right. and it just happens that the, that black person is their sister or their daughter. I have spent a lifetime trying to, you know, be okay with, um, with, with the whiteness of the of of my found of my foundation, um, and that's why it was so important to me to meet my black birth father. And to raise my son, who is mixed, but but as a black ch- child, as a black boy. He read your book, by the way, and loved it. He's a teenager. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it's not about explaining, I think. It's really about um, just walking in the identity that I am, right? So surviving the white gaze, it's about surviving, but it's also about becoming. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, you know, even in conversations that I have with my right, right. with my son, you know, it doesn't make my son any less black because his dad is white. Right.
0: Well, I I honestly hope that everyone reads the book, and I think for every different reason. I think for parents with their children, adopted or not, I think for people who are struggling with identity, whether they're mixed or not, um, I think it's a fantastic book, and I thank you for taking the time to join me today on the show.
1: Trevor, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Rebecca.
0: The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island?